Welcome to Flex Weather. This is Jason Anderson from Black and Red United. Uh, I have waited long enough for some guy gunning his uh, terribly loud engine in front of my house for some reason uh, to record this intro. But in any case, putting that aside, the show is back uh, and it's a show about a game. We're going to actually talk about the Spirits game against Kansas City NWSL Sunday uh, 5 p.m. at Segra Field. Uh, I'm glad to be saying that. Uh, I am also cautious in saying that because I believe at this point last uh, for the last game, we got this close before the game was called off. No signs of that this time. Um, we've had the pregame press conference with Chris Ward. So the kind of stuff, the, the hallmarks of there being a game have happened in a timely fashion, unlike uh, heading into that OL Reign game. Um, I will bring on my guest, uh, Cindy Lara from the Blue Testament and the Teal podcast. Uh, she covers Kansas City. Um, we're doing a, a traditional show, if you can believe it, uh, where I have a guest. We talk about the Spirits opponent, that kind of thing. But we do have a lot of news to get through. Uh, not enough to be a full-scale whole episode of Turmoil, but there's still a lot. And a lot of it's not very good. So we're kind of you know, holding two emotions here where it's nice to get back to the normal, this is a soccer team, they get to play soccer games on the weekend kind of deal. But there's some bigger stuff at play. We got to talk about it. Not a lot of it's very fun. There is a little bit of that's fun, but most of it's not. Um, I'm going to try and go chronologically. Uh, I don't want this segment to be too long uh, because I don't want the show to be too long. So we'll start from the beginning. Uh, from the last time we did a show, the very next day, uh, September 11th, the NWSL made it official that it's uh, the decision on the Spirit OL Rain game was that the Spirit were uh, punished with a forfeit, which means for standings purposes, a 3 nothing loss. I've seen questions out there. Where people say, do those goals count in the standings? Yes, they do. They don't go towards anyone's goal total, but they do count in the standings. So the Spirit get a loss. They get minus three on their goal difference. Um, and that's not great. Uh, but unfortunately, in this case, uh, I had multiple sources tell me that there were multiple protocol violations. And given that the Spirit had just come off of a uh, a game that had to be... Um, I'm sorry, I, I misspoke. I, I said O.L. Rain, and that was the Portland game. Um, so, uh, yes, yeah, so Portland, not O.L. Rain. My apologies. Those games were, were adjudicated out of order, and I've forgotten. Um, but yes, the Portland game was officially declared a forfeit. Um, all the other stuff still applies, just Portland instead of OL Reign. Um, and bo in both, you know, when you already have one game declared a forfeit, you're probably not going to get too much benefit of the doubt. Um, and that sounds like it was the case uh, with multiple protocol violations, is what I've heard. So, um, bad news for the spirit, but also kind of hard to, uh, criticize the league too much. They had to, they had to crack down. Um, I'm sure if we look around the league, there are probably protocol violations in a bunch of places that are not going, uh, punished, but that doesn't mean that these also deserve to go unpunished. Um, so, uh, that's not a great, not great news for the spirit. They did, they do right now, as I'm speaking, are still in the last playoff spot, despite all of this, despite going, it'll be 28 days between games. 
despite two, three, nothing forfeit losses, including one of them being a home game. Um, all of that, uh, all of the other stuff that's happened this year, the spirit are still in a playoff position. If they win all of their games, I believe mathematically, there's no way for them to miss the playoffs. So at least there's that. Um, so that was the first big news. The second one, uh, Molly Hensley Clancy, who you may have heard back on episode 20 on this show, uh, had another really important article for the Washington Post about the Spirit's workplace culture. Um, this is in the office, not on the field, um, including citing some nicknames that multiple people said that they overheard Larry Best using around uh, the club. Um, women employees are leaving the leaving the club at a pretty noticeable rate. Uh, and I highly recommend you read the article. Um, it It is very important. It's not a pleasant read uh unfortunately but um the thing i would just say is that this is not at all how you can treat a people in any business or any environment much less uh, a women's sports team so um it's one more thing that will have to change with the club uh it will require something major um it it, it feels like you know the ma- that some sort of major change sorting out the ownership uh power struggle um, obviously fans have called on Steve Baldwin to sell his portion of the team. Um, I don't know what the solution is going to end up being, uh, and whether this is something that the club can work out between the owners that are already here, or if the league has to intercede. Um, but I will say that a lot of this stuff is starting to hit the same limits of, uh, Deloy Hansen. It's not the same exact things. Um, but when you look at it, as a full picture, it does start to feel like what's the difference? Um, you know, the specifics are different, but the broad strokes have kind of hit the same levels. And we saw what happened there. Um, that now that is a different situation in terms of who's interceding, because in that case, you had uh, an MLS uh, as well as NWSL as well as USL. All of those leagues were trying to get rid of Hanson. Um, which, you know, it, it ended up being a fractured uh, breakup uh, with, with how that was sorted out. Hansen still hasn't formally sold uh, the club, by the way. Um, he ended up uh, having the club removed from his control by uh, MLS, where, you know, the Real Salt Lake, that team was broken up from Utah Royals. Utah Royals are now Kansas City NWSL. So um, the the path that they took in that situation isn't really applicable here, but it is starting to get to the point where you think NWSL at least will um, take the same measures. Um, I, that's just an expectation on my part rather than a uh, thing that I'm hearing or anything like that. This one's fairly predictably something that people aren't really going into detail about uh, at this point in time. Um I will say Molly's article does note that the league investigation into the spirit has concluded. So um, it stands to reason that there shouldn't be too much time between the conclusion of that investigation and a course of action being charted. And a course of action is needed. Um, I think I think everyone can agree with that. Moving on uh, from that one. Well, actually, really kind of uh, on the back of that one. Uh, the Spirit Squadron announced a protest, and I want to read their statement in full uh, right now. Um, this is something that they tweeted out uh, on September 23rd. 
we no longer have confidence that Steve Baldwin can effectively lead the Washington spirit. Until new ownership publicly puts forth a plan that ensures a safe environment for players and staff and commits to a true vetting process for hiring qualified employees at the highest levels, we will limit our game day activities. This includes the flying of flags, chants, and playing of drums in the supporter section. To the players of the Washington spirit, this is not a decision that we have come to lightly. We understand that our actions will have an immediate and adverse effect on the atmosphere we help create in the stadium on game day. However, we cannot continue to operate as if there is not a cancer eating away at the heart and soul of this club that you play for and that we love. We have seen enough. It is past time. Sell the team, Steve. That's the full statement that they put out, um, which uh, is unfortunately something that I completely understand why they've, you know, hit that wall because what else can you do? Especially if you're a season ticket holder, uh, if you're very upset with how things are going, you already spent the money. Um, so the, the, the most effective means of protest that you might've had is already, it's already a done deal. I will say that by announcing it this way, the Spirit Squadron managed to end up on uh, ESPN's uh, Cryon in, uh, I think during, I think it was a college football broadcast and during some other things. I think that one of these things was during something that I was watching, the WNBA playoffs, but uh, because I apparently get super tunnel vision uh, at, all, at all times, I completely missed it. Uh, so I didn't see it. I want to shout out... Uh, Douglas Reyes Cerrone for for doing the screen cap because if he hadn't I never would have known this happened even though it happened on a screen I was looking at so that's not great for me in terms of my cognitive ability but it is it is important news that something like this broke through um, I don't think there have been too many instances where ESPN has deemed an an NWSL news item worth covering period of any kind um, which is very frustrating but in this case, at least, it's it's very good news. It's very important news that this is getting that level of attention. When uh, an NWSL item breaks through at that level and starts to become something that ESPN is like, well, okay, we'll discuss this. That means you're getting national attention. And national attention will help, I think, push things forward, whether that is an ownership decision or a league decision, whatever the outcome is, um, it will definitely get the ball rolling. Um, it, I, I, I believe anyway, following that just yesterday, the NWSL announced a one game suspension for Devin Kerr with the, there's a very short statement that we got from the league. Not a lot of information. The stated reason from NWSL said that they were suspending her for failing to follow team staff directives. Um, Kerr tweeted yesterday that she is vaccinated, uh, that she's never tested positive for COVID. Um, she was actually part of the team's uh, ad campaign for CVS. Uh, I believe the the photo that they had on Instagram was she had her vaccination sticker. She was outside CVS um, right after getting her second shot. So um, it, it's an it's an interesting situation that I, I can't say with certainty what exactly happened, um, but there are some interesting aspects to it. Normally, if a team if a player gets suspended, the team might put out an announcement. Um, this was only an announcement from the league, which I think might say something about the spirits, uh, position on this matter. Um, I, I don't want to read too much into it, but it, it does, it feels like it might mean something this time rather than it being, uh, 
just that the league decided to announce it and that was that. This one feels like you would have gotten an email if if all parties were in agreement. Um, this email from the league came during Chris Ward's press conference. And in fact, I asked him about it because we got the email while he was answering a question. And I tweeted out the full text um, on, on my personal Twitter account uh, at Jason DC Soccer, um, the full text of his response, um, which was very interesting because it sounded like the spirit uh, as a club felt that she was in compliance, that that the team was in compliance on on this one, and the league interpreted it differently. Um, which I I don't know, you know. I can't say for sure because I don't know the details exactly of what went on there. Um, I can't say for sure whether which side is is look sounding like they're right. Um, but what I can say is that it sounds like the spirit felt like they had done the right thing and then were told by the league that they did not feel that the spirit had done the right thing. It also sounded like the league's email uh, was... Not, there was no heads up given to the spirit, which is normally how things go. Normally, the teams find things out before media members. Um, so that's another little NWSL weirdness, um, not the, the, the timing of those things. Um, and I will also, I'll, I'll conclude that little part of this, this intro with this, which is the whole thing kind of brings up an issue. If the spirit felt that they were that they and Kerr were in compliance and the NWSL disagreed with that, which is what it seems like. All the evidence we have indicates that um, the stated reason for Kerr suspension then becomes really confusing because if it's team staff directives is the language that the, the league used. Um, if the team says that they feel that she was in compliance, then how were, were their directives disobeyed? Um, so that is a, uh, a little bit of a confusing note. Um, and I don't know if this is just the league choosing to put something one way rather than saying it a different way, or, um, maybe the league feels that the spirit were punishing her and, and they're acting on behalf of the spirit and the spirit are disagreeing on that too. I don't know. It's a confusing situation. Um, it does feel to me just on a personal note, like kind of a raw deal, uh, for Devin Kerr, because, um, you know, if you're of all the stuff that the spirit have gone on, have had happened lately, the only player named publicly and punished in any kind of public way ends up being Kerr. Um, and it, it sounds to some extent like there was at least an attempt, uh, a good faith attempt from, uh, the spirit side to make sure that, whatever was going on was done in compliance with the protocols. Um, so that's maybe not the, not the, not the fairest thing for her. Um, it seems to me like that this might be a little bit of a raw deal uh, for her to be named like this and put under the spotlight. Um, it apparently, according to her tweet yesterday, she may have already been getting uh, DMS and, and other angry messages you obviously should not be doing that. Uh, if you're if you're thinking about sending a message like that, I would advise you to instead do something else with your time. Don't do that. Don't harass the players. It's not justifiable at all. Um, I hope that if you're listening to this, you're not that you're that doesn't really apply to you. And I'm not I'm speaking to the choir here. I hope. Um, 
But either way, don't do that. Um, finally, and I, I told you there would be some good news. We do have a little good news. The international break. Uh, we're coming back from the international break. And the Spirits Internationals, according to Ward, no injuries, uh, no negative impact from their time with their various national teams. Uh, let's see. We have um, with the U.S. national team, uh, Andy Sullivan went the full 90 in both games. Uh, the U.S. beat Paraguay by a lot of goals both times. Uh, Sullivan scored her first two international goals, which is uh, very cool. Uh, big congrats to her. Um she thought she had a, a third in that second game, only for Kelly O'Hara, who just who had just subbed on, uh, to get the last touch from an offside position. And so, not only would she have stolen uh, the goal off of Sullivan, but by touching the ball, she ended up ruling the goal out entirely for both of them. Um, they had a little laugh about it. It looks like uh, on the on the field, um, and it's one of those things where it's an understandable instinct if you're that close to goal to try and make sure the ball gets in not leave it to chance. So just, uh, you know, a little bit of a funny one in, in all, you know, all things considered the fact that, um, the game was not decided by that at all. Uh, it doesn't not, not really one to stress too much about, but it was kind of a funny, uh, comedic kind of incident. Um, O'Hara played, uh, in both games at right back, Emily Sonnet played in both games. She spent some time on both right back and left back. Um, Interesting to see how those two players play right back differently. Uh, O'Hara likes to stay very much stays wide, stays wide, stays wide. Sonnet likes to come inside. And I think sometimes the U.S. could use that come inside aspect a little bit, uh, that little variance um, from the right, which I think O'Hara could do. I think this is a she's following the tactical instructions kind of deal that um, are out there. But I, I think I would like to see the U.S. maybe offer her the chance to come inside some of the time uh, more than more than we've seen from from her when playing with the national team i'd also like the spirit to, to bring that in to a cer certain extent but you do need time and match practice and all that and that's been a thing for the spirit not a lot of match practice lately with 28 days between games um karina rodriguez went 90 minutes for mexico in a two nothing win over colombia I didn't see this game. The lineup I saw online listed her as playing center back, um, which would track with with where she's playing. So that's a good sign for her that she's, um, you know, build, building more of a regular role with Mexico, not just getting called in, but getting uh, the reward of a start and getting you know full games in. Very important for her, given that she hasn't played a lot with Spirit, even before this long break. So probably a very important 90 minutes for her uh, altogether. Um, the last uh, international that got called in, Julia Rotter, she was with Sweden for both of their World Cup qualifying games. They beat Slovakia 1-0 away and then Georgia 4-0 at home. Um, I saw one stat saying that they took 42 shots on Georgia. Um, Rotter didn't play in either game, uh, but Sweden is well on their way in their World Cup qualifying group. Um, it does open the prospect that maybe she will get some some minutes in some of these other games when she gets called in later. I believe next month there is another international window. Uh, so she'll get another shot uh, with World Cup qualifying there to get some some minutes in these games. And on that note, we got through it all. Uh, all the news that uh, happened in the last two weeks, we're finally through it. Uh, I am going to roll at long last uh, after so many months. 
we're going to have a traditional second segment. Cindy Lara is going to help me talk about Kansas City and preview Sunday's game. I promise, there's, unless something happens right now as I'm finishing this segment, we're going to get a normal preview segment. And joining me for the first time is uh, Cindy Lara, who writes for the Blue Testament and just started a podcast called The Teal about Kansas City NWSL. Uh, Cindy, thank you for coming on Plexweather. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, I wanted to start with the the big Kansas City news, which isn't really going to impact the game this weekend, which I, I'm so happy to be doing a preview segment talking about the spirit playing another soccer team and not the many other uh, things that we've had to talk about on this podcast lately. It, it's nice to have a break uh, from that um, to in some to some extent anyway, that the bad news is still coming. But um, the big news in Kansas City is that uh, after playing this year uh, at uh, it's Legends Ballpark, right? I'm getting the name right. Uh, Legends Field. Legends Field. Um, after playing there this season, uh, Kansas City NWSL will be playing at Children's Mercy Park, the home of Sporting Kansas City. Uh, they'll be playing what sounds like all of their home matches uh, there next season. Uh, how big of a deal is this for the, the Kansas City organization? Yeah, it's, it's big. Um, it's something that I think any fan in Kansas City wanted to see. I mean, any fan probably in the NWSL wants to see is them playing at a soccer-specific stadium. And so it's exciting just because I, I'm not entirely – there's just been a lot of talk, and I think even us from, like, you know, NWSL media perspective, we're like, why are they playing at Legends Field when there's Children's Mercy Park, like, right down the street? Mm-hmm. And it really is such a bizarre just feeling, just even just driving to the stadium and you drive right past Children's Mercy Park that's no, it's not being used at when mm-hmm. Kansas City is playing. So it's a big deal. I think um, I think it does allow for more, more, well, first of all, more fans to come to the game, but also to really take the team seriously. I was like, okay, this is the city's NWSL team. They're playing in, in the same pitch as Sporting Kansas City, who happened to sell out their game basically every time and so it's it's needed it's welcomed and I think everyone's ready for for that for 2022 to actually be at a soccer stadium and not a baseball pitch yeah uh, I feel like um, I feel like that's for the best for for everyone I'm sure um, you know when fans watch their team come to Kansas City that I know pretty much every week there's a complaint about the baseball field um, and I understand why for a visiting team, it's a complaint, but Kansas City's mm-hmm. had to play, they're going to end up playing 12 games on that baseball field rather than one or two. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that it, it has an impact. Uh, it's not, not, not ideal, uh, which kind of takes us into another not ideal uh, playing mm-hmm. surface, at least this weekend, uh, Kansas City is coming to town to play the spirit out at Segra field. Um, I, was just like quite literally just on the press conference call with Chris Ward who mm. noted that this surface is unlike any he's, he's ever experienced. He's been coaching for a long time. And he said, you know, there's, there's no turf that he's ever had a team playing on or that he's coached on or played on. That is quite, that reacts quite like Segra. So mm-hmm. I guess we're in for another weird one. Um, it's mm-hmm. never not weird in, 
in this <laughs> league, I feel like. Um, but no matter what team I'm talking to, there's always a, what's weird about your team? And it's always something. Unfortunately, right. Spirit maybe, maybe have too many weird things going on this season at once. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, with Kansas City coming in, um, it's been a while since these teams have faced each other. They played back at the end of June. So we're talking almost three full, or actually exactly three full months now that I'm looking at the dates. Um, I know record-wise, people might say, okay, Kansas City's struggling. You you see the standings, you see where they are. Um, but it's been so long. What's the the big picture view with Kansas City at the moment? What What have maybe Spirit fans who haven't seen Kansas City since that game what have what maybe they what might be something that they don't know about Kansas City right now? Yeah, different different team from that June game. Obviously, um, I think the big acquisitions for Kansas City since then were Adriana Franz and then uh, Kristen Hamilton and Haley Mays, and that really has added a lot more depth and strength to the team, and it has allowed Hugh Williams to even just experiment on the field. Mm -hmm. which um, I, he, he's been tinkering the entire season just because there's been so many players. He got in the initial roster from Utah that was, you know, not his own picking, but little by little they've been able to make adjustments. So I, I think the, it, it just has been a team that is um, getting a little bit better, I think, not, not getting the results that everyone wants, and that's, the one that ultimately counts is the win. So, but for the most part, I think Kansas City is a team that is improving, um, mm -hmm. and it does help to have someone like Kristen Hamilton and Jessica Silver Silva, who played a golf nine last week, last time around, and you know a world class goalkeeper like Franz. So, different team, mm -hmm. um, not the same team they faced in June. Um, so, I I think when my uh, friend and I did our podcast with the TL this past week. We predicted that Kansas City may get the win just because their their strength has gone up a little bit, not not incredibly significant, but I think if they can hold someone like the North Carolina Courage to zero zero last game, mm -hmm. um, they can fare a little a little bit better against the Spirit. Yeah, I mean, I am you know I look at the the results lately, and and there are some there are some big losses for Kansas City, but they're also they beat OL Reign. Uh, like you said, they do, they're coming off of this uh, scoreless draw with North Carolina, in which, you know, normally we hear scoreless draw with North Carolina. We imagine, you know, the courage take 600 shots uh, on goal. And this was actually kind of the other way around, where Kansas City actually had more of the shooting opportunities uh, than the courage, which is uh, an interesting thing to see. You don't you don't see that very often in the league. Um, they've also got uh, a win over. Um, Louisville uh about a month ago so um as much as it sounds you know when you look at the record you look at the standing you say okay they don't have very many points um they are like you said you know rounding into um being a better team and, and it's also um from my impression at least it seems like earlier in the season it, it's not like Kansas City got destroyed in a bunch of games it was more like they would lose a close one that the spirits game, uh, for example, if people remember that one, Kansas city led that game for most of the way. And the spirit had to make a very late, uh, pretty dramatic uh, comeback mm -hmm. to get that win. Um, so there is a mentality thing there where Kansas city seems to be in most of their games. Um, mm -hmm. 
how how uh how are they handling that 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 sort of there's like a special frustration there when you're a team that is generally speaking very close every single week but very often you don't quite get that uh that payoff or or get even get even a uh, draw you get that one nothing loss where you say oh if only that one bounce had gone our way it might have been different mm-hmm. yeah and i think that's that's the the topic every week is is they're fully aware of what needs to what they need to work on there's mm-hmm. that realization that hey we're not there yet and we it it has been not results wise it has not been the season that we wanted but they are making they're you know targeting those specific uh weaknesses and for example like when they played north carolina in north carolina and they lost four to zero you saw that you know the stats were favoring kansas city significantly but north carolina was really good on their attack even though they had that um i think they had maybe like nine shots and then seven were actually on target and then Mm -hmm. out of four so my stats could be off there but um they they recognize their weaknesses and do try to work on them for the next game but it's also just difficult with this team because um the roster just keeps changing every week with you know we had the olympic break we had um international breaks but um yeah, so they're working on things, and mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, um, you know that, uh, especially being a team that gets you know sudden, fairly suddenly uh, relocated to a different market, mm-hmm. and um, you know this is a team that, as you mentioned, the the trade with Hamilton and Mace, um, that was a trade where they were playing the courage, uh, and so they ended up; those players ended up playing uh, maybe what one training session before they ended up being uh, in their first game playing against their old club um, to cite yet another extremely weird NWSL thing to happen. (laughs) Um, But uh, about those players, um, you mentioned um, uh, Eddie French and Hamilton and Mace. Um, I'm curious, you know, obviously those are top players. They're all very good. Um, How has that impacted the group? Not just in terms of just, getting high-end players onto your team, which is always a thing you want to do. Um, but mm-hmm. bringing in players from Portland and from North Carolina, those are mm-hmm. players that are used to winning every week. Has that been mm-hmm. uh, a, a factor for Kansas City? Has that helped maybe change the the group mentality? Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I Yeah, these, these players come from very highly successful clubs. And so, you know, coming to Kansas City where – they're still trying to figure things out. What's going on? Who are we? What's our identity? We're working hard. We're not getting the results we want. Um, I, I, I think I think that was like huge positives for the, for Kansas City, and that was actually when Kansas City was initially making trades. I in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, these are good players, but where is that? Where is that player that's going to elevate this team or, or help this team grow and and improve and I think it's been it's been good with these two teams and even just Haley Mays who she's you know not not the player that we would see in for example like Alyn Williams or Mm. Megan Klingenberg but she's still a very good young soccer player and has plenty of years left to develop and continue so it 
it has been just good to get those players that not that like are pretty well known in the league mm-hmm. and can contribute and you know bizarre situations but it's also just nice to see that someone like Ad French who wants to you know Kansas City she's from Salina so Mm -hmm. This is like a homecoming for her sort of thing. And she, that was like the next thing she was ready for is to be close to home. So even just having Kansas City as a desired place for players to go to um, is big, I think, for the club and and for the city. And and I think it's only going to get a little bit better as the season goes on. I'm sorry, Mm -hmm. as the years go on. Um, So I, I, I think the hope is that Kansas City becomes a team that players want to come to play for and not, oh, I just have to go play there, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, Spirit fans certainly uh, have some familiarity with that, especially the the fans that were around before uh, mm-hmm. 2019 that, that got through 2017 and 2018. They probably also remember um, the importance of shifting to a club that, you know, where, where players want to be. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it does make a, a huge difference for sure. Um, I, I do, I, I kind of want to focus on Mace in a way because, you know, I think people that watch the league know Kristen Hamilton's going to be playing somewhere on the front line, whether it's cent- centrally or on the wing. Um, she's a forward. She's going to be up there. Um, and Franch, obviously, is a goalkeeper. She's going to be in goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mace is an interesting case to me because she you know, coming out of college, there was the talk of like, is she an attacker? Is she going to be a fullback? Mm -hmm. You know, what is she going to do at North Carolina? They wanted to play her as an attacking midfielder. It seemed like most Mm -hmm. of the time. And in Kansas city, I know uh, of late she's been playing left back, but it's not the only position she's played since she's gotten there. So um, what is, uh, what is Hugh looking for out of her and, and is left back maybe going to become a long-term home or is it more like we need her there right now because of the way the squad's built or injuries or things like that? Yeah, I think Hugh knows that he has a player who is, there's some flexibility with this player. Mm. Um, With Hamilton, you know, she's, she's your forward. She's an attacker. That's where she's going to be. But um, I think the exciting thing about getting Haley Mace is that she can, she can be in the, in the back line as well. And she could, be in the midfield and I mean she can possibly even be in the attacking position too but um I think I think left back may be where they may have her I think she did pretty well against North mm-hmm. Carolina in the last game that was like a strength um so I, I think that's why William and he has said the reason why Mace was such a good acquisition for them was because she can play anywhere Mm-hmm. Um, and she has a lot of strength and, um, yeah, so I, I, that is the main thing is like, she was, she's the kind of player that you can ask her to play this position and she's going to, and she's going to give it her best. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I wanted to, to finish up here with maybe, you know, people that watch Kansas city, maybe every once in a while, if you're a spirit fan, maybe you watch some of the games that you're not watching every mm-hmm. single game around the league every week. Um, so you might know the players we've talked about so far, you might be familiar with them. Um, who are some Kansas city players that maybe aren't getting as talked, talked about as much who are still going to be key factors in this game one way or another. I think Victoria Pickett, um, mm-hmm. she was that draft pick 
early in the season were not not really like known very much uh, like the other draft, but this was this was the the player that um, has impressed a lot this this season um, as mm-hmm. a rookie, and then also Kiki Pickett who joined in May, and she's also been really good in the back line and and can move up and. So those rookie players, those young players, because, yes, we do focus on those names, but um, the rookies like Pickett and (laughs) the two Pickett um, Mm. have been, you know, those players that are a little bit under the radar, but um, you notice them more when when they're playing in in the game as well. Um, So I think those two have been the players that you're like, okay, we need to watch them. They Mm -hmm. are good. And um, they're, they're, they're good young players that Kansas City really needs to focus on continuing to build. Mm. And, you know, my last question, this being a, uh, a road game for Kansas City, I know the last two road games have, have ended up being pretty heavy losses. Um, what's been going on with, with Kansas City as a road team? Because some of these other games, when you look uh, – not too far in it, you know, July and August, they, you know, went to Gotham and got a one, one draw. They um, had two, two, nothing losses at, at the rain and at the thorns, but a, a lot of teams lose two, nothing when they go to play the thorns and the rain. So um, those are, those aren't unusual results. So I, I'm curious, just your read on the recent away games. Has it been anything in particular where it's a, um, a growing concern or has it just been that these two games against uh, North Carolina and Chicago went the way they did, but they are maybe not symptomatic of anything bigger? Yeah. I mean, I, I hope not. I think, I, I don't know. I, I can't quite pinpoint it, but you're right. Like the past two games have been, um, you know, pr- pretty, pretty bad. You have it. A, a three to zero loss in Chicago and then a four to zero loss in North Carolina. So um, I, I maybe just the road is tough right now for them. Um, they, I think, Legends Field is is obviously where they where they train where they know like I don't know if maybe perhaps it's, it's the changing in the field, but I know that they know how to play really well at Legends Field because. It's, it's their home field, and it's 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 not regular size. I think it can maybe a little bit smaller than a regular field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I I can't quite pinpoint it, but um, and I hope that it's not something that continues. But definitely the road games they struggle a lot. Um, could could just be maybe just the whole aspect of traveling. I I mean I honestly, honestly don't know. Mm-hmm. That is a good question. Um, but that would be my guess is that they know how to play at Legends Field. They play well at the Legends Field. But then maybe when they go to these different stadiums, it's like, okay, this is the tactics have to change. Our mentality changes. Um, even just the way I don't, I mean, I guess I've never played on a baseball field. Have you played on a baseball field for soccer? <laughs> Uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm old enough where, uh, the, the <laughs> soccer fields that they would stick us on were all kinds of different places, but, uh, um, yeah, I, I, I feel like the, the, it's gotta be the size of the field more than anything mm-hmm. else that really mm-hmm. 
can be uh, a bit a bit of a, a change just because um you know you're you're used to playing a certain way and you're used to a, a certain amount of space to do things and if you go to um if you're if you're on the small field especially to come to mm-hmm. a bigger field um this was something that uh one of our not not that this is really applicable to the pros but <laughs> when uh our city rival in high school one of one of the teams we played every year twice they played on a football field that was like 50 by 100 it was absolutely tiny uh, and it was bizarre that it was even allowed because it was so small and our mm-hmm. field was um our coach wanted our field to be as big as the county would allow us to have it and so the two mm-hmm. games would be extraordinarily different because one was like an indoor soccer game played 11 on 11 and the other one was played on this absolutely gigantic playing surface uh with so much space for everything so uh, i imagine it's got to be jarring still um though i'm sure that every single player from kansas city uh, is probably far better at making that adjustment than i ever was um mm-hmm. so um yeah yeah i wonder for them uh you know segra's i think a little narrower than audi field but not small by any stretch so maybe it'll play out that way um maybe the turf i i feel like the turf is really the weirder thing for both teams though um mm-hmm. but in any case uh i think i think that is uh that kind of covers all the ground i wanted to cover um cindy uh i wanted to give you a chance to let people know where they can find your work uh yeah that's at the blue testament it is actually thebluetestament.com, and that covers Kansas City sports. And then um, the Teal, which is the podcast, and that on Spotify, and then all other awesome podcast providers. I just use, I just use Spotify because that's usually my go-to. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, and that's the show. Thanks to Cindy again for her time, uh, for her expertise on Kansas City. Uh, hopefully. Should be a, a good game. It should be nice to just have a game for for all of us. That if you cover the team, if you follow the team, uh, just seeing the spirit take the field will be a relief on some level. Um, but yes, uh, very good to to chat with Cindy, uh, and you should definitely seek out her uh, podcast, The Teal. Um, I should say uh, it's not not just her podcast, but she is one of the people on the podcast. Uh, I will link to that in the show notes. Um, as well as reading her coverage at the Blue Testament, which is very much like Black and Red United, but a Kansas City version instead of a DC version. Um, so yes, read her work, uh, listen to her podcast, and I think that's it. I think that's all I have to say. Uh, I appreciate everyone listening. Uh, I'm gonna do the show wrap up now. You've probably heard this one before. You can find the show at its website, plexweather.pinecast.co. Or on Twitter, the account is at PlexWeather, all one word. Uh, Both of those places, the website and the Twitter account, there is a link to a tip jar. If you want to financially support the podcast, that would be very cool and good. Uh, I would deeply appreciate that. Uh, On the website, it's down at the bottom. The website or the on the Plex, the PlexWeather Twitter account, it's in the bio. It's easier to find there. But if you're looking in, in the website, it's at the bottom. You can find the podcast on uh, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, probably some others, I I assume. Um, those are the big ones, uh, but I believe it's, it's on a bunch of them. Um, and I think that's all I have to say. Uh, I appreciate everyone's time. 
Thank you for listening. And hopefully next week we'll be able to also talk about the spirit, what happened in their soccer game. Do they play another soccer game? What is the opponent? All of those things are very normal, and I'm really hoping that we can talk about that. I feel like there will probably be some more bad news uh, just because it seems like that's the way the year's going. But we'll cover we'll cover what it, whatever it is. If it's more bad news, then we'll have to do another bad news show. If not, we'll be talking about people kicking a soccer ball around, and that would be nice. In any case, I think that's all I have to say. Thank you for listening.